Welcome to Time to Market, a podcast by Lean B2B and SK Murphy, where we share principles, actionable advice, and rules of thumbs for B2B founders. This week, we talk about networking, but networking with a purpose. We discuss whether or not strategic networking is still effective today, how to get started building your network, the importance of follow-ups, how to prioritize your networking efforts, and how to make sure you're actually getting results from networking. We hope you enjoyed this brand new episode. Hey, Etienne, welcome back. Today, we decided we wanted to talk about how entrepreneurs can become effective at networking that moves their business forward. Yeah, like in the, the last few months, I noticed that you uh, released a book that I ended up reading. And that's actually one of the key values that I got from the book is all the great content about building relationships and how to actually be very strategic about how you are able to leverage these relationships to push your business forward. I mean, that's a great topic. Yeah, it's weird because I think the default position for a lot of entrepreneurs is that networking is bullshit, right? I think it's viewed as kind of this cocktail party conversation, this surface chatter, this you meet a lot of people. The people that are, quote, doing networking are kind of the social butterflies that are running around in shallow conversations. It's kind of interesting because if you look at like the history or like, let's say the last couple hundred years, like it's kind of how things move forward to some extent, like people would get together, they would meet other people, be introduced to other people that are important, and then they would be able to get things done more or less. It's interesting that that seems to be either a change in nature or is not as important as it used to be. So maybe that's a good way to kind of look at that and try to dissect that and understand what's still valuable and what's still useful today for entrepreneurs. I think a lot of entrepreneurs are holding themselves back because they're not engaging in effective networking, which to me is building trust, providing value to others they meet, and working to establish relationships, working to become members in good standing of communities that they should be a member of, networks they should be a member of. I actually, I think there's a lot of emphasis now on what I would call uh, centrality or being the central person, being the broadcaster, the guy with the newsletter, with the audience, so to speak. And I don't think that's as powerful as being firmly in a network of relationships in multiple communities. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. To some extent, I think we can look at something like LinkedIn as an example of that, where initially it started with this close group of people either that you've worked with before that you've actually had extensive relationship with people that were mentors, people that were clients or whatever they were. And then now today it's evolving to more of these third degrees or second degrees or people that have a shared interest. And it seems like some of the initial value of having these close relationships that keep an eye on your career or help you kind of your goals kind of got diluted to some extent where it's become more about building an audience. I do often kind of wonder about that, like whether that was a reflection of what people wanted or that's just a reflection of what, for example, that company felt was more profitable for their bottom line. Uh, it's an interesting kind of massive multiplayer online role-playing game or something, right? But to some extent, I think it became synonymous with networking. So like if I think about my professional network, I think about LinkedIn, but maybe that's I'm pretty sure nowadays that it's definitely not the reality. Like even that, it would be like one sub-circle within this that I would call close connections or the people that actually helped me move forward my career. 
versus having more people that are in my network in the broader sense of it. It's a different perception to some extent. I think there's always been levels of relationship. I mean, there's a handful of people you're close to. There may be a couple dozen that you see regularly, a hundred or two that you talk to less frequently, and then maybe hundreds to a thousand or two. One test for me is the emotional reaction that I get when I see somebody's name or I get an email from somebody or I'm contacted on LinkedIn. And I think we get fooled a little bit that I've got my LinkedIn network up of 3,000 people or whatever the number is, right? But I would say that there's only really a couple of hundred that I can really remember or have a reaction to, or I would think to reach out to or to share something with. So I'm not, I don't know that I've got the levels well-defined. But in that case, is that what you would define as your network? Like, is the network everyone you know, or it's the people that would actually give you some sort of feeling of having a relationship with them? I, so for me, I think that the network would be people that if you were contacted by them or they reached out to you by email, phone call, letter, instant message, that you would have some emotional reaction to. You would have some memory of some shared conversation, shared success, and you would take action, maybe not in five minutes, but certainly let's say within two days. In other words, if somebody reached out and said, hey, Sean, I need your help on this, I would respond that day or the next day if they were a part of my network. And I would assume if I reached out to somebody that they would get back to me in a couple of days. Now, it also depends upon the urgency of the request. If I'm saying, hey, we should get back together and have a cup of coffee, maybe they're going to get back to me in a week or whatever. So there, there's also the urgency of the request or the severity of the need. But I think that people that are in your network would respond to that and reach back out. And I think it's also people that would reach out to you for advice or help or perspective on something, right? Well, I, I think the same. There's a, a circle of people where if I do get a request from them, I, it's definitely something I need to act on. So I'm kind of wondering from, from that point, how did these people get into that circle? How did you end up having these people within that proximity that where you would do something for them specifically, or you would be willing to help them out within a day or a couple of days? Or you'd be vulnerable to them and say, hey, I've got a problem, right? Because I don't know you yeah. tell a stranger. I mean, unless, you know, if you've been hit by a car and you're on the street, you're just calling out for help for anybody. Yeah. But, but it, it does seem like that's kind of where, how you should try to build these relationships to some extent, where you become in that circle of trust or whatever you want to call it, where I have a feeling that this person can help me and vice versa. There's a relationship there where we're rooting for each other's career or we're trying to help each other within our strategic goals for our companies or for our careers. I think there's a couple of elements. I think there's an element of just some level of shared values or shared objectives or shared perspectives on the world. I think you have to have a couple of interactions or at least one extended interaction, but normally a couple so that you understand, can you trust this person? If they say they're gonna do something, they're gonna do it. So I think there's trust building. I think there's getting calibration. And 
it's also, it's not just can they say what they're going to do, but when they're talking about a particular area, are they speaking from experience or are they just repeating something which may or may not be that they have direct knowledge of, right? So would you say like that in some way, the, the goal of networking is to get to that point where you do feel like you can help or you can assist or you can be helped by other people? you're building these relationships where there is a close enough tie or close enough uh, connection where there's an exchange of value that is deeper than just, hey, can you just click on that link or whatever it is? Something that's more, that can be a little more sustainable for your building a career or building your growth for your company. I think there's a distinction between what you do to help a quote audience member and what you might do for someone who's in your network I think that for the most part, you're not looking for any kind of payment. I'm not really trying to monetize, so to speak, the people in my network. Part of it, I think, is you have a direction or you have several goals that you're trying to achieve. You're trying to grow your startup. You're trying to take your startup in a direction. And you, and you lack the knowledge. You lack the resources, uh, which may be information, maybe whatever. Uh, maybe you're trying to add people to your team. So I think it's you're trying to move in certain directions and you find people that have knowledge of that or are also trying to do similar things that you can compare notes with and you can compare notes with over time. You're kind of on a common journey at some level. Yeah. So if we're talking about like strategic networking for uh, a company, so I'm a founder of a company and I'm trying to I'm on that journey. I'm trying to build my company. How would you define success in terms of strategic networking or, or networking for your company? I think, so part of it is people are introducing you to people that can help you move forward. And that might be potential prospects, that might be potential suppliers, potential partners, advisors, team members, even a co-founder. I think if in your direct circle right now, you don't have a suitable co-founder or early team member, you're normally going to network for those very highly trusted positions. That's not something you're necessarily going to take an ad out for. You're going to want to exhaust your network before you do. So I think it's asking for introductions as people looking out for you. I think to make that happen, you've also got, as you encounter people, You've also got to be knitting together or connecting people that you think would benefit from a conversation. And you're not always going to be correct, but you're kind of continually weaving this network around you based on individual conversations and people you meet. You're, you're kind of making an interesting distinction there. Like you said, if you're looking for a co-founder, uh, you would go through networking. Like in which situations would you choose networking over Another way to kind of build these relationships. So I think if we say co-founder, early employee, there's a lot of intangibles in that relationship and they involve a certain amount of trust. You're going to be very vulnerable with these people. You're going to want to be able to trust that they're not going to abuse your secrets and your vulnerability. In an early startup, most things don't work. You're sitting around, you know, I mean, if you went to a big company job, and it was as screwed up as the early startups are, you would bail. I have a, a roommate who was one of the early guys at Google, and he was like in a room with six people, 
And he said after two weeks, he couldn't take it. They were all running around. It was crazy. They were just crazy all the time. He goes, I got to get a real job, right? And he left because yeah. he didn't really know the guy. He'd be kind of introduced, but he wasn't really, it was too insane. So I think there's got to be, if I'm going to say, Etienne, you should team up with John over here. I'm essentially vouching for you to John and John to you. The first time John makes a mistake, you're going to go, okay, well, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because Sean vouched for him. And maybe he makes a second mistake. And okay, so you give him, I mean, so maybe he gets two strikes that if you just came in cold, you would go, yeah, I'm not put. So there's something about the trust, somebody vouching for your ultimate reliability, because in any given day, we can screw up, right? Yeah. Okay. So I've seen this for myself. I've seen it with other people. Like oftentimes when people will come back and say, oh, networking is not useful or networking is bullshit. Oftentimes it, it feels like the goal isn't clear or their objective, the value that they're trying to get out of the networking isn't clear. And, and I've definitely be, been guilty of this where if you don't have a sense of what you're trying to achieve, it's very difficult to feel like you're making progress or feel like you're getting the, the right type of value from this. How would you maybe recommend that someone defines the goal of their strategic networking efforts? I think you have to have a goal for what you're trying to accomplish. And networking is one strategy to get there, right? Sometimes I think people define networking as I'm going to tell a lot of people what I'm doing. Or it's very transactional, right? They're treating them kind of like an audience member. Let me read you my blog post. Hey, what'd you think? That's not really... I think you've got to be curious about the other person. And at some level, they've got to be curious about you or you're not really having a conversation. In a sense, it's a little bit more about finding the synergies between whatever Sean that's is doing. A, and that's that a great word. Uh, I, that's, that's really good. So in the second okay. version of the book, I'll use that word. The second edition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if I just use this, this as an example, later today, I'm actually going for drinks with someone that I've known for a network, someone who's also in B2B. And I do have a broad sense of what kind of synergies I'm looking at and the things that are, that may be relevant to discuss to create value for me and create value for that person as well. Isn't there like a little bit of a risk of slipping to some extent where you're, you're taking, I have this objective that I'm trying to achieve. I want to find a co-founder. I want to talk about this specifically. But in discussing with the other person or in looking for synergies, you can just end up spending, say, like an hour and you end up not necessarily going in the right space that you're trying to discuss with the, the other person. Absolutely. And, and I've read books that halfway through, I go, you know, I, I, I'm going to stop reading this book. I mean, the cover was great. The first couple of pages were great or the reviews were. So not everything that you start or you attempt works out, right? There is a certain amount of loss. I think there's a couple of things going on here. I think you have to proceed a little bit from, I don't know if I like this word exactly, but an abundance mindset. You have to assume that many things you do aren't going to work, but you're going to try them because if they do work, they're going to build relationships that are going to be helpful. They're going to make you a member of the community that's going to be helpful. They're going to help establish your reputation as someone who's helpful and knowledgeable. And you don't always know you don't always know when that's going to come back to you. It's not like, damn, I talked to Etienne four days ago and, you know, he hasn't done anything for me, right? I don't, the other thing I think, I, I think if a co-founder is a problem for you, you should mention that, but you also have to figure out what's the other person need. Can I help them move forward? Because at some level, you're going to get what are essentially 
gifts may be the wrong word, but you're going to get benefits or you're going to take a, you're going to get a little step jump or a breakthrough that you wouldn't have counted on otherwise. Somebody's going to call you back and go, hey, I was talking to somebody and they're actually a Python expert. You said you need a Python guy. Can I introduce you, right? And two thirds of the time, half the time, nothing may come of it. You, you can't somehow say, well, I want to be 100% efficient all the time, right? I only want to have conversations that go somewhere. So I think you have to be looking at, you know, maintaining your reputation, being helpful, looking out for other people. If you want other people to make introductions for you and to look out for you, you have to look out for them. Even though you're the center of your world and I'm the center of my world, I mean, collectively, yeah. right? So let's talk about, say, a process for networking. Like if we're looking, putting ourselves in the situation of an entrepreneur, I am trying to actively build a network in my industry, or I'm trying to, at the end of the day, I'm trying to get customers. I'm trying to hire the right employees to build my business. How would you kind of go through a process that is helping me very much like strategically build my network? So I do provide some examples of this in the book and take people through different scenarios. This is not a, a place for upsell, Sean. Oh, I know. I, uh, so I'm, I, I, I know, I know. Let's share um, the actual information. No, 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 no. I'm not. I, so, so I apologize. I may not, I may not cover everything that's, that I'm not trying to withhold anything. I think the first thing is you've got to think about what is it you're going to ask the other person to do. And you have to be succinct in your request. The request has to be something that they can pass on and that they'd be willing to pass on. So it's got to be framed in a way which is objective and neutral. And you've also got to take care to figure out what the other person is looking for and to capture that and play that back and say, so Etienne, so what I understand from today is you're actually looking for somebody that understands how to process regular expressions and see if they're actually well-formed. That's holding you back in this problem you're trying to solve. So I'll see what I can find, right? I'll see, I'll see if I run across somebody, right? Because by asking you for help, I'm also signing up for trying to help you as well, right? There's always a certain amount of reciprocity there. In this case, how do you know how much of that give and take do you need to do in this situation? What would you prioritize in terms of ways for helping these people? I think there's a couple of things I try and do. The first is I try and make three or four introductions a week amongst people I meet. And so I'll meet new people. And some of them may strike me as high energy or otherwise, you know, energetic, smart, whatever, or in a lot of trouble and need somebody that can help them with that problem. And then I try and connect them with folks where I think there's going to be some, to your word, synergy, right? There's going to be some benefit on both sides, right? That's one thing. I think the second thing is, and this is just for me personally, I read a lot. And so I may come across something and say, hey, I found this thing which may be relevant to what you and I were talking about three weeks ago. It's an example of X. And this is not forwarding somebody's joke list. It's already been forwarded 5,000 times, right? This is something where it's sent to one person. There's a particular message about why you think it may be relevant. And sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes they go, thank you. Sometimes they say, hey, you know, that's not really what I was looking for. But often, just those two things, trying to help people move forward with information or with connections, I find that I tend to get luckier, right? And not necessarily, yeah. it's not like I send you an article this week and you go, oh, you know, I came, I mean, but 
sometime in the next three to six months, you may come across something go, yeah, Murphy was babbling about that. What I would, yeah, I should send this to him, right? Well, to that last point, like this requires a couple things that I think are, are good practices for people working on their networking skills. In this case, you need to be aware of the context of the person, like, like what they're looking at, what they're thinking at, like what, where are they going, like in terms of their objectives. It requires understanding their goals, keeping that in mind, and then scanning to some extent the environment for things that may be complementary or useful to their reality. So I think that's, that's very good advice, but it's also just a good mindset of keeping track of the people that are in your network and understanding what kind of value could I actually provide for them. It's probably just a good habit and a good way of thinking about it. I, I agree. The other thing that I think is going on there is you have to, after you meet somebody, you need to send them some kind of summary within a day or two that says, hey, I enjoyed our conversation yesterday. I took away these three things. And just a reminder, here's what I'm looking for. The follow-up portion of that is important. And I think this is why, so if you look at, we keep going back to introverts and extroverts, so I'll just touch on that briefly. So an extrovert may shake hands with 12 people on a meetup and a, an introvert may talk to three. But if the introvert follows up with those three and says, here's what we talked about and I want to thank you and here's what I'm looking for, they will get often much more impact out of that than a quick surface exchange where there's no follow-up. Right. I mean, it's often the case that you send somebody a summary and they said, no, no, I actually, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. What I really meant was this, or I hadn't thought about that. But let me say that, that I only want the left-handed trombone players, not the right-handed ones. So they kind of refine your, your understanding of what they're looking for yeah. or what they need. The follow-up, I think, is something that doesn't get stressed enough. Yeah, I think following up kind of worries people. Like they feel like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be like invading them or I'm going to be annoying them or I'm going to be, I'm going to be pushing too much. But I feel like, like a lot of people don't get that people's reality, like things actually do get busy. People do have kids. People have things that they need to deal with. There's a quote that I really like that I, I want to point out on this is from John Cutler. It's never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by calendars being too full. I think oftentimes just the fact that you're bringing things back to their attention is actually a positive thing. But oftentimes we do tend to assume that this makes me annoying. I think maybe we take that from a personal life where like if you did this to your neighbor, you kept like asking them about the same thing, you would feel like you're bothering them. But at the same time, if you do understand the other person's objectives and where they're trying to get, you're often complementing or adding value to their experience as opposed to necessarily trying to bring them in a different direction. So it's actually a positive thing oftentimes, and it can help rebuild this relationship over time. I did have a question for you though, based on this. What percentage or what ratio would you look at when you're building that network of uh, spending time on reactivating your current networks, the people that you've already have some kind of relationship with versus adding new people to your network? What would be the, the right balance? And how would you go about kind of prioritizing these different uh, efforts? I think you've always got to be spending a third of your time trying to grow the network just because the natural flow of time is such as people get disconnected, maybe even half, but certainly a third. I, I want to follow up on one thing you said and reinforce it in maybe a slightly different way, which is if you and I meet for the first time, we have a good conversation. And I send you a follow-up email and I don't hear anything. 
but my memory of the conversation was of a clear connection, then I will do one follow-up and just say, hey, Etienne, I just wanted to tell you, I really enjoyed meeting you last week. And I just wanted to see, make sure that I understood what you were doing because sometimes stuff comes and goes. So I think you have to get a sense a little bit of your own visceral reaction or your own intuition and follow up. Now, that's not with everybody, right? And to the extent that I'm also trying to help you, it's less annoying than, hey, you said you were going to do this for me and you haven't done yeah. it, right? So that's, yeah. then you're the annoying guy. Yeah. But, the, but to achieve ahead. that, I think maybe a, a very basic thing that people should keep in mind, maybe in this case, it's a good thing to have some kind of, doesn't have to be a CRM, some kind of system for keeping in mind these relationship and the goals that people are trying to achieve and where you're kind of at in the relationship, because it's easy to lose the context or forget about the people that you should be contacting and all these things. So having some kind of system makes sense. And we can learn that from the field of sales. But yes, I think things that are important. So I make a distinction between relying on technology for communication Substituting technology for communication can be a mistake, but using technology to augment your memory is almost always a good idea, right? And so, so I agree, you need systems. I don't have a good recommendation on that. I still well, wrestle with I would flip that around. Using it to augment your memory, definitely. Using it to augment your ability to contact people and reach out to people, almost always a bad thing. Every time that I've actually tried to accelerate or speed up or try to make it more scalable, like if we use the word of marketing, like the, these outreach or this networking, it's never been good. You stop thinking about the specifics of the people and then it stops connecting. It's not as engaging. You don't have the same kind of relationship building that's happening. I find that that relationship building, uh, be it networking or sales or anything like that, it's very difficult to scale it and keep the same kind of uh, eye touch, eye quality relationship building that you want to have when you're building relationship with humans. I agree. And I think that there are two things that people look for in a communication from someone. The first is some kind of personalization. In other words, if you send me an email addressed to occupant, that's, you know, so some level of personalization. When I follow up, if it's the next day, I don't do this. But if it's been a week or two, I'll say, hey, I enjoyed our conversation at this event or in this context. Something to prove that we actually had the conversation as opposed to I'm just cold calling you and trying to pretend like I'm your friend, right? The other thing about it, which is as important, is the cadence or the timeliness of your response. I'm a member of a couple of consulting networks, and it's it's happened, but somebody will essentially throw up their hands and say, hey, I really need another project. Can somebody help me? And they'll send this out to a list that's got hundreds or more people on it. And so then people respond and then they're overwhelmed and they're not responding back. And so they burn a lot of goodwill because they're not there. If you send that message out and I respond an hour later and you take two weeks to get back to me, something's out of scale there. Something's not quite right. Yeah. So I think you've, you've got to pay attention to that cadence, how quickly you're responding and how personal you're being as that, opposed to 100%. transactional. So what would be one good takeaway for people from this conversation? So I think the importance of follow-up, the importance of making sure that follow-up is personalized and that both your follow-up and your responses are at an appropriate cadence for how the conversation is going. So if you're contacting somebody, say, hey, let's have lunch in April. And 
then they may take a week to get back to you. You shouldn't be upset, right? If you say, I got a problem next week, you should expect they get better. I would probably add another one as well. Like we were talking about before, the difference between activating your network versus adding to your network. You're mentioning how you're trying to make certain amounts of introduction each week. I would also create some kind of a cadence that you follow every week where you're trying to expand your network. You're trying to reach out to new people, build new relationships. I've heard of people trying to have like two meeting with people during the week or different variations like that. I try to do, let's say five, 10 different reach outs per week. And so that helps make sure that there's a flow of new relationship. There's a flow of people that you're meeting and you're actually at least having some conversations with different type of people. It's a lot like sales when people get busy, like they will stop working on their pipeline or they will stop moving things forward. I think the same thing with relationship and networking is good to set time aside and make sure that you're being consistent. I like that. In networking, there's a concept of a keep alive packet, which is that both devices say I'm still here. And I think relationships can atrophy if you don't periodically. And in some cases, that frequency might be six months, a year. But at some point, if you're not working to keep your relationships alive, then if all you do is you wait till you're in trouble and you reach out and say, I need your help, people go, well, Etienne only contacts me when he's in trouble. You're sending the, the reverse message, which is the same thing when you don't personalize and all these things. You're Instead of sending the message that you care about the relationship, you're sending the reverse message that you're one person out of a bunch of other people that I'm contacting, or I only need you when I have a problem that's going on. Right. So don't do that. And maybe if people have questions about the topic, I think they can reach out to Sean at SK Murphy on Twitter. I can also maybe assist at Lean B2B on Twitter. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on networking. If you did, leave a like, leave a rating, share with a founder, share with someone else. And we'll see you next week for more actionable advice.